up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 124 of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, Anxiety and Marketing with Stacy Mitchell. So today, my friend Stacy, um, I was a guest on her podcast recently, which I shared here on the podcast as well. Um, Stacy will be opening up to us about her anxiety and how that affects the way she markets her business and the plans and the processes she has in place um, for marketing a business and growing a business um, as a person who deals with high-functioning anxiety. So I do want to be clear that in general, anxiety is like a red flag. It's a, a sign to, it's a signal to our bodies and our brains and letting us, from our nervous system, letting us know that something there's danger approaching, something scary, something fearful. Um, So when you think about marketing your business, it is normal for everyone to feel a certain level of anxiety when it comes to marketing because it is new and scary. But what it normalizes that is that um, it will be it will get easier. The anxiety will lessen the more you market your business. In this case, we're talking about next level anxiety. So Stacy um, suffers from high functioning anxiety, which is not technically a diagnosable mental disorder per the DSM-5, mostly because mental health disorders are typically diagnosed because of their impact on your everyday life. And because hers is high functioning, she's still able to do things that make her anxious. So it doesn't keep her from doing the things, right? But it is next level. So there is what we all experience when it comes to marketing our businesses or doing anything new or big or scary or vulnerable for the first time. And then there's what Stacy has, which is high functioning anxiety. And then there are diagnosable anxiety disorders, which would be more debilitating or crippling in terms of everyday life. Um, and so today we're focusing on the high functioning anxiety topic. And I do think that the the tips and the tools and the processes and the workflows that Stacy discusses with us will be really helpful for everyone um, because her her entire business is built around being consistent. And that is the most important thing when it comes to marketing your business as well is marketing it consistently and consistently showing up um, as far as branding and as far as just as how often you're showing up, right? You can't ghost your audience for months at a time and then expect them to be there when you come back. So I hope you enjoy this episode today. Stacey Mitchell helps coaches sign consistent clients by creating their signature coaching program and a unique strengths-based marketing plan to sell it out. You can listen to Stacey on her podcast, The Consistent Coach, or find her on Instagram at Stacey Mitchell. She has a lot of fun with reels. So check that out. Um, I find... 
that her content is relevant, even if you're not a coach, because the tools she's giving you and what she's talking about is just being consistent and how to create a plan that you can execute consistently when it comes to marketing and growing your business. So enjoy this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening. And for those of you who haven't been listening to the journal prompt episodes on this podcast, uh, don't forget, you can check those out. And I'm also promoting a new free training on those. So visit marketinguninhibited.com to get that free time audit or check out one of the most recent journal prompt episodes to get more details about that. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be back with you soon. Are we ready? I'm ready. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Today, I'm joined by Stacey Mitchell. She, I, I was just on her podcast a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and now we're back together again. And today we are talking about anxiety and marketing. But before we begin, Stacey's just going to tell us a little bit more about herself and her business. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Miranda and I love just chatting with each other, period. Yeah. <laughs> this will be fun for me. Um, and actually, this topic came about from just us chit-chatting. So yeah, I am a business coach for coaches. I love my coaches, life coaches, health coaches, mm-hmm. executive coaches, whatever kind of coach. I love them. Um, and I really help them sign consistent clients through the power of consistency. So part of that is creating your signature offer, but part of that too is like creating your unique strength-based marketing plan so that you actually can stay consistent and sell people into that program. So I like to say I'm like the opposite of most coaches for coaches because most coaches for coaches are like, look at me on my fancy jet. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not I want to be hiking. I want to be with my dog, yeah. live a very normal life. <laughs> Uh, I'm not like the luxury coach. I am the everyday coach for coaches, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. So yes, that's a great way of explaining who I am in a nutshell. Yes. And you're still, you're still making money. It just, those coaches that like do the paid ads with the jets in the background or the Lamborghinis, <laughs> they always crack me up. Like I not love everybody, them. not everyone wants that. Not Right. Right. Yeah, I just, I want like a normal life, just yeah. doing work I really enjoy doing, which is what my clients want to. And that's all. Yeah. That's yes. I love it. And I think, um, well, I mean, in the first podcast we recorded, like so much of what we talk about overlaps because of the consistency with marketing and showing up yeah. consistently and brand consistency. Um, so today we're going to get a little more personal with your process and we're going to talk about, let's start there. Like, Maybe you can start with explaining anxiety, how you define it, and um, how it impacts your life. Yeah. So I have what most people would call high-functioning anxiety. I'm not on medications. I've never been like diagnosed with anxiety. And part of that is because, and this is my counseling background coming <laughs> in, but I have a master's in counseling for people who are like, what is she even talking about right now? But part of that is because it's not a diagnosable mental disorder. Like it's not in the DSM-5 where you can actually have a, you know, like a list of symptoms. What is a DSM-5? It's the diagnostic and statistical manual for mental disorders. I may have gotten that wrong, by the way. <laughs> I'll look it up, but that sounds good. It's, I think it's the fifth edition of what it, what it is. And it's like all the different things that you can have, like depression, bipolar disorder, and what the actual symptoms of it are. So high-functioning anxiety does, does not exist in that manual. Um, that's what most doctors, therapists use. But 
Um, because my anxiety is high functioning, I'm still able to live my life in a normal way. I can get on an airplane. I can leave the house. I can go to parties. I can show up for my business. I can do all the things I need to do, but I'm still kind of anxious underneath it all. Right. right. Um, and normally that shows up as like perfectionism, sometimes people pleasing, not having good boundaries, um, needing a lot of reassurance, all these kind of things that I think a lot of people might be like, uh Oh, overachieving. that sounds like me. <laughs> overachieving, like really double checking things, ticking boxes over and over really. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's really anxiety for me in a nutshell. So when did you like, have you always called it anxiety or is this like, have you put a name to it more recently? Like yesterday I had, um, or I guess when they're listening, it'll be like last week, Erica Tebbins on the podcast talking about her ADHD. And that was like a recent official diagnosis, um, quote unquote. And so, you know, she hadn't like labeled it as that before. That's a good question. Uh, that's a really good question. I don't know when I would have started to describe it as anxiety. Um, I will say I'm also an Enneagram three and we tend to be like the sort of stuff your feelings down and just sort of like, not like that doesn't exist. Just keep moving, keep achieving right. keep doing what you're <laughs> supposed to be doing. And so there's a part of me that thinks like I ignored it for a very long mm. time. Um, but I will say that, and I know, you know, you might've asked this later, but I had anxiety from like childhood oh. and I don't know that my parents knew, like, it just wasn't something we really thought about, but my dad actually had it too, when we really dug into it further, but it's like the really bad stomach aches, didn't want to go to school, like all those kinds of symptoms that now they'd be like, she probably is anxious, but the doctor was like, there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that kind of thing. And like, I remember even like in fourth grade daydreaming and missing like a part of like the teacher talking about something and me being like, <gasps> the world is over. <laughs> oh no. So it's like, yeah, I've had it my entire life, right. but, um, sort of, I guess it's come in waves, like in terms of like the, whether it really bothers me or not, if that makes sense. Like you sort of just start to figure out like ways to manage it. Right. Um, and I've always been able to do whatever I really, really wanted to do, um, despite the anxiety, which I, it's just totally a personal thing. Right. And that plays like goes back to the high functioning piece of it. Right. right. That it's right. not crippling to the point like we have a friend who has debilitating anxiety like yeah. he will not he he needs to like stay home until he can like move through that bad wave of anxiety um, absolutely and he has a lot of things in place too so so when it comes to managing your anxiety now as an entrepreneur like because you how long have you been in business now I have been really active in my business since 2019. Yeah. So, so in the past couple of years, like how have you learned to manage that as a business owner, as someone who is doing all of these scary things, which will give like anyone anxiety or fear, discomfort. So how does that play a role? Oh, a big one. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm like, Oh, where do I start with all of these tactics? I think the biggest thing for me is knowing that I need, I need a support group of some sort in -hmm. place that I can go to, to just Mm -hmm. be like, am, am I normal here? Cause a lot of people actually have this kind of anxiety and just having it normalized is like, okay, everybody feels a little anxious about this. There's nothing wrong with me here. Um, 
But I think too, like coaching, like my, I normally, right now I don't have a one-on-one coach, which is very weird, but I almost always have like a one-on-one, whether it's like a mindset coach or even like a business coach that's more focused on mindset. That's been Mm -hmm. really, really helpful just to do like the, is this real or is this anxiety? Because it can be very, very hard sometimes to determine the difference. Um, And I think too, like a really key tactic of mine, which is, this is very, very, very simple. But when I feel anxious, it's literally just stopping myself and going, I feel anxious. Like, why? Why is that happening? Because normally I can be like, I think it's because this, right? I think it's because that, because I have a really full schedule today because I have this big launch coming up because Mm -hmm. I have whatever, like I feel behind or whatever it may be. And then I'm like, is that really something to be anxious about? And most of the time it's like, that will lower my anxiety a little bit. Right. It doesn't go away completely. And sometimes, and this is for the, you know, people who ministrate out there. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm PMSing. Yeah. (laughs) That's all that's happening. Oh my gosh. Whenever. So for me, it'll be anxiety, just like my emotions in general will be yeah. or like, I'll get really um, like angry and ragey. And then I will, I have an app on my phone and I check and it's like, you know, your period's going to start in two days. I'm like, Thank God. Yep. <laughs> no wonder I feel so out of, out of sorts. Yeah. Like, whew. Okay. That's it. So yeah, I think that's really important. Like, so it sounds like you're just And this came up yesterday too, but it's just like a lot of it goes back to self-awareness and really like looking at yourself objectively without judgment or shame and understanding like who you are as an individual and then really understanding what you can put in place to help you manage it, not fix it or solve it or, you know, it's just managing it because we all have things to manage in our own lives. Um, So when it comes to a support group, what does that look like for you? Is it I mean, we just ended our six months of um, our business group and we're going to, well, thanks to you and Megan, we'll continue it. So that's really nice. Like, I think that made me feel much more reassured, like, okay, good. We'll still have this group. We can still communicate um, because in entrepreneurship, it is so lonely. And so we had our business group outside of that. Um, what other support groups do you have in place? Yeah. Uh, well, I have... Um... I have like some paid communities from courses and programs I've been in before that have been really helpful. I also still meet with a group like of other coaches that I went through a program with before. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's like, I'm racking up these meetings. I'm <laughs> just keep <laughs> meeting with people, but it's really good because those women have been, have seen it from the beginning. Right. So like mm-hmm. when I went all in, made a big investment and we get to see each other's journeys, which is really, really helpful. And also see like, here's the, they can be like, I'm spotting a pattern, right? (laughs) This is what's happening because they've known me now for, it's almost two years, right? So um, it's really, really nice that you can sort of just like call people out and be like, what's happening here? Um, I will say there's a really great group with Megan Dowd that I'm in as a part of another offer that I'm in with her that I highly recommend because it's not a very high investment and it's a very supportive group. I'm trying to think of it, what the name of it is. But anyway, it's with Megan Dowd, if anybody's interested in that. Yeah, that's great. So then um, outside of, so you have the groups. Are there any other things like, I just recorded a podcast, a journal episode about like confidence hacks. So for me, if mm-hmm. I have a big, like an 
podcast recording or like you are um, coming up on the launch, you know, how do you like boost yourself up and move with that anxiety, you know, to, to be able to do these things without it, like stopping you? Yeah. I'm a big fan of music. Um, I used to be a career coach back in the day, like for universities and things like that. And I would always send them, um, there's this song on how to succeed in business without even trying. And it's, I believe in you. And it's a guy singing the song to himself in the mirror. And it's super silly. <laughs> it's from a musical. Super silly. Very like, I don't know. But that would that's my like, this is my boost me pre-interview. Oh, that's awesome. Right? So I would send it to the students to be like, sing it to yourself in the mirror. Because it's just so silly, right? But like, it does, for some weird reason, like songs like that just make me go, I believe in you. It's so, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think that's important. Like, well, the words of affirmation, but music in general, I wrote down music too. Um, for me, it's like movement. Like, I feel like I have to move that energy around. So a workout, a walk, something like that, you know, where I just can kind of physically get my jitters out. And like, Absolutely. Okay. And I, if anybody follows me on Instagram, I'm constantly moving. Like, yeah. <laughs> I usually walk like five miles a day. I, I do have a very high energy dog too. So that's part of it. But um, I, I like to walk and I like to walk a lot. And part of that is because I have that like nervous jittery energy that just needs mm-hmm. to get up and like move around. Yeah. It, oh, the high energy jog, dogs, man, we walk a lot too. With <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can take a lot out of you. <laughs> We pay a dog sitter to wear him out with his little puppy friends. So I love that. Um, So how does this, so you, you have the tools in place to like help you build up the confidence and work with your anxiety when it comes to launching something or marketing in some way, but then what about, how does it impact your marketing process? Mm, That's a really good question. And I think now that I am deeper sort of into like the second year or the third year, even of my business, I'm like, this doesn't feel so scary anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but even like, as we were jumping on this call, I was like, I get, I get nervous on podcasts and yeah. I'm actually not that nervous right now, but in the beginning of them, I'm always like, <laughs> I still get nervous. And I just, for first, I want to normalize that. But second, I want to say like most of the things I do now, I don't get anxious about anymore. Um, the majority I will still get anxious sometimes with like a live workshop. It's the live component or like the, this is going to live on the internet forever components that sort of make me anxious. Um, But like jumping on Instagram stories or writing a vulnerable email, things like that don't bother me as much as they did in the beginning. Um, And I almost think it's sort of like, just to use a therapy term, like exposure therapy, Mm -hmm. like the more you do it, the less impact it has on you. So the first time I posted something really vulnerable, I'd be like, oh my gosh, people from my work are going to see like when I was working at a job, people from work could see this. My parents are going to see this and it would feel very like, and then slowly over time, you just are like, I just don't care that much. Like it just slowly starts to shift. So there is that. But I also think too, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do something all the time if I absolutely hate doing it. So if I don't know. Like for me, the idea of going and like giving public workshops all the time would be like a, "Mm, no, thank you. Cause that would make me really anxious. I don't mind doing them. I wouldn't even mind doing them maybe like once every other month, but I'm like, I don't really want to drive somewhere, dress up, drive somewhere, somewhere new. Cause that's anxiety provoking. (laughs) Get in front of a group of people, anxiety provoking. (laughs) 
and do a workshop every week. Can I do it? Sure. Am I doing that as part of my strategy? No, because of that thing. So it's like choosing the things that I know I feel really comfortable with. Yeah. And giving yourself permission, like not forcing yourself to do things that other people say you should do in order to grow your business or that you have to do in order to grow your business. And I think we both talk about that um, a lot is like running, playing, using your marketing strategy and like playing to your own strengths so that you can show up consistently and you feel comfortable to showing up. And I feel like, especially in the beginning, when you're marketing your business, do not overcomplicate it or make it too hard. Yeah. Make it easy. You know, I like, I like doing in-person workshops, but obviously with COVID those kind of got put on the back burner, but Mm -hmm. I did one recently and I just totally forgot how different it is when you're in person. (laughs) Yes. With a live audience. Like, I guess I've gotten to a point in on zoom when I present that I just assume everyone's laughing at my jokes and like assume, you know, that's so true. I do that too. Like they're with me. They get it. They're laughing. Then when you're in a live audience and it's like crickets or they're not, you know, you're not Not engaged each other. Yeah. It was like, Oh, okay. This is a little bit harder than I remember. Um, So I think just making it as easy on yourself in the beginning and permission to, to do that. And I was talking, (laughs) I've had a few podcasts this week, but um, on another one, and she was asking about like, growth and how do you know when it's okay to stop growing or when to keep going and keep pushing and it's really up to you to decide within your business you know and like you said if it's with workshops or thinking through like okay what's anxiety inducing what is really like not worth it there are some things that you're gonna have to say like with a launch like okay this anxiety yes, it's necessary. This is new. It's uncomfortable. The launch is going to help me grow. Like I want to do this at the end of the day, but then there are some things that you just have to evaluate. Do you want to do it or not? And that's enough of a reason to say, you know, I mean, obviously you have to take some action in your business. (laughs) Right. You can't hide from everything. Right. There's going to be things that make you anxious, even when you choose to do them. I mean, that's just as part, of, it's just like I was saying, we get anxious before podcast interviews, but then I really enjoy them at the same time, which I know is weird, but right. I think that's true for a lot of people. And you just sort of like, you work through it and you allow the anxiety and just work through it. Yeah. It's I, for you. I think, um, okay. So then another question I had on here, which ties into that is like, how does having a consistent marketing plan help you with your anxiety? Like, is that one of the thing, like a tool you have developed that helps you manage it? It is. So I, I talk about it as like business non-negotiables and really it's marketing non-negotiables in a lot of ways um, where it's like, these are the things I do each week without fail. Unless like, of course, something terrible happens. Cause I always want to give that caveat of like, I'm not, you know, do the thing, (laughs) but I do a podcast. I do an email and I do three Instagram posts. Those are like my, these are how I'm marketing every single week. I usually will do Instagram stories. I usually will do some other things on top of that, but those are the things I always get done. Those are my bare minimums too. Yay. That's awesome. Exact ones. And it's just, it's just the knowing that like, first, that's not that much. I also think too, because I used to be like this, the podcast, like being kind to yourself, you could do a five minute podcast. Mm -hmm. sometimes those are the best podcasts to put out there. It's quick. It's like 
to the point people are like, Ooh, that was really good. You yeah. <laughs> get a lot of feedback on the short ones, which is funny. And it's like, that's it. You don't have to have a 45 minute podcast every time or whatever, yeah. you know, so I like giving yourself lower standards is actually a really good thing. Yes. Lower standard. You don't have to write an essay in your Instagram caption. Right. You don't have to write a novel for an email. You know, you can just like, you can just create it and hit send, you know, and that I think part of what I see my clients struggle with in that regard is the perfectionism piece and oh, yeah. not, not just pushing send, not being okay with like B plus or, you know, like an average piece of content where I like to remind them, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, you're going to create so much content that it's, it is not possible for all of them to be perfect or for all of them to you know, make a big splash when you send it out. So how do you deal with that perfectionism piece? Oh, that's such a good one. I think it was shifting because I see this in my clients too, but I think it's shifting as you were saying, like that mindset of there's no way for this to actually be perfect. (laughs) And this is something I tell my clients with niche, with offers, with anything that you put out into the world, like there's no way it can be perfect. Number one, it's just impossible. But number two is tomorrow your business will change. It's going to be like this very subtle, you know, Mm -hmm. every single day, something just very subtly changes. And can you imagine if like, I was like, oh, that post from three weeks ago doesn't perfectly <laughs> align with what I think now. Right. I've got to go back and change it. Like, it's just not possible. I'm always like, go back to my, my very old posts. Cause number one, they were just sort of, they're mediocre, which is what mm-hmm. happens. And then, you know, in the beginning of your business, we, you're going to have mediocre. Are we freezing a little bit? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe not. My internet was being weird earlier, but yeah, you're going to have mediocre. And so, and just being okay I mean, are there like thoughts that you, are there helpful thoughts that you have found to help you with the mediocrity? <laughs> yeah, the mediocrity. Yeah. It's, it, it truly is like a mindset shift. And so I'm trying to think of like, where did things start to change? I think for me, it's sort of the belief that even if only one person resonates with it, Mm. that made a difference. It's one person and one person is a difference. It's a human being. It's a real person living their life. And if I touched one person in some way, that's all that I really need to know. I don't need for things to go viral. Right. I don't need to like, it's really like the need for approval. Mm -hmm. It's not the need to grow your business. There is a difference. And I think it's really, really hard in the beginning because we want that affirmation. Right. Sort of, we want the proof that it's working. But I always say, like, there are going to be people who don't like your stuff, who you have no idea they're following you or listening to you or whatever it is. And then you get their application for something and you're like, who are you? Because they've been just like watching you and giving you no sense of approval and no comments. And you just never know. Your people are watching whether or not they're giving you that approval. And someone, someone's mediocre can be someone's, that is really good. Like you may think, eh, that wasn't that great of a post. But for someone else, it could hit them really deep. And you never know what part of it will. What, I mean, it always surprises me, like, what resonates with people, whether it's from the podcast or a post. And I'm like, one of my top performing, um, those little carousels I do with like the quotes and 
I just, I had a whole other thing written for that day. And then at the last minute, I had like 10 minutes before a meeting to create it and get it out there. I deleted the copy and just like, I think I said, you know, are you keeping your business a secret? And Mm. so many people messaged me and it was, it was something I did on the whim. I mean, the topic was the same. It was from the same podcast, but it was just the wording had changed in that moment. And so I think like following that intuition too, and really trusting it and thinking that if it came to you, the, the idea came to you for a reason. And so what's helpful for me is that marketing is an experiment. So there are two thoughts, like marketing is an experiment. So let's just try it and see, maybe I'm going to throw this out there and it's going to flop and maybe it's not. And then the other one is that not everyone is paying attention to me. Like the people that, that want to, they choose to pay attention to me, but it's not like when you post on Instagram, all of a sudden, all the eyes on the internet are looking at you, you know, it's a very small percentage of people, even the ones that follow you that are going to see that in your feed. Um, so so that helps me with like the vulnerability and the, I guess the stage fright, that's what it feels like sometimes. Stage. It's true. I also think this, this is both sort of a depressing stat, but also not many people won't even read the captions. Like, let's say that you do like a photo of yourself and it's this really vulnerable story. A lot of people will just be like, "Mm, that's a great photo of her. (laughs) You know, it's one of those, like, that's great, but also not. Um, But it sort of gets you over that, like feeling of everybody's eyeballs are on you. Yes. I always joke because I had this, this belief in the early days of my business that like people at work were going to find out and I was going to get in trouble. I don't know. I just had this like idea that like, this was bad, right? <laughs> Even though people at work knew I had a coaching business, which is really funny. The thing was, nobody cared. No one like, cares. <laughs> I think it's so funny how you think like everybody's watching me and they care so deeply and they're going to Google me and they're going to see I'm doing this. When's the last time you Googled somebody from work? Like, <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> It's just so silly. And even if you did like, okay. And then what? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just so funny how you like make things up in your head for exactly how people are judging you or paying attention to you. It's all in our head most of the time. And like, until you get to a point where you have, you know, so many eyes on you. And then even still, it's just like within that industry or within that community. You know, I think about, we were talking in the beginning about some of the, um, coaches who are like, you know, talking about their private jets and stuff. And, and I, I think about that sometimes because it's like, even outside of their, their little bubble, no one knows who they are. No one cares about what they do or, you know, how they're doing it. And so I think for me, when I start to get nervous or like, it's, I need to step back or burnt out. It's really stepping back from the industry I'm in, like taking a look, remembering this, world is a big place. Like you live in the mountains or near the mountains mm-hmm. now. And I find nature to be really grounding like the mountains or the yes. ocean or water, you know, just to shift the perspective a little bit. Like it is. it's not, it's not your entire world, even though it can sometimes feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Like I have to remind myself, the people on Instagram are not my best friends, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's so it's not my happening. life outside of Instagram. It is yeah. it is not our whole lives and it doesn't have to be, I mean, reflective of the entire industry either. Like there are 
I feel like there are outliers in every industry. And so if you want to see someone who's doing it differently, then you kind of have to search for that. Yeah. And if you feel like you're the one doing it differently, then follow that because people are going to be looking for you. Um, And that's where, you know, marketing comes down to like your messaging and your own personality and your voice and, and brand consistency. So like, um, you know, with the podcast this week, every single one I've had is, has gone exactly how I expected it to, because the people showing up are exactly who they portray themselves to be on social media and on their websites. And I think that is so important too, especially when we're in a service-based industry where people are going to be, you're going to be getting personal with them and working with them one-on-one. It helps develop trust. Yeah. If your brand voice, how you show up, your photos, all the things. Like I just imagine like if I did like a really luxury photo shoot and then people (laughs) met with me, (laughs) this woman's in like a (laughs) t-shirt. I don't know. Like even my photos, like on my website and everything else, it's like, they all pretty much match who I am in real life. And the way that I talk in my emails, the way that I show up in my podcast, whatever it is, like, it's all, it's all me. And it's all what I really believe in. It's not just, you know, on a whim or something. Yeah. And that's why with marketing your own business, it's so important to get to know yourself. When I had my photo shoot, she was the photographer. Emily was telling me how, Um, she has to deal with clients who get upset with their photos like they and they're upset with her with how the photos turned out and she like has to kind of share some hard truths with them like if you are upset with the way you look in a photo because of the outfits you chose or you know a lot of times especially for women it's like the body image issue and you know and she she cannot alter you like physically (laughs) like yeah she can make you look like a totally different person. Right. But she cannot change you totally. And she was saying how, like, especially with business, that's not what you want because that's not what you really look like. Yeah. I mean, I have, unfortunately, like jumped on calls with people sometimes and I'm like, whoa, you look very different, which sounds terrible, but you know, you look very different than what your photos look like, which I think that would be really, really hard for clients or potential clients to jump on a call or something and then be like, Whoa, that that's not what I was expecting. Um, I totally understand societal pressure and everything, but at the same time, like you want want people to be really comfortable with who you are. And that's sort of part of it too. Yes. Especially depending on what you're talking about. Like, so for us who are talking about being authentic and showing up as yourself and knowing what you want and getting to know yourself. I mean, it really, like we also then, in order to not be hypocritical, have to do yeah. the same. We have to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So is there anything else about anxiety and business um, that you want to cover? I feel like we talked through a lot of it. We I'm talked through a lot. We still have time. I don't know if there's... Um, so let's talk about your actual planning process. So you have like your bare minimums. Uh that you have for the week. Is there anything else? Like, what does your work schedule look like? I know you're like me and we kind of want to make more and work less. So, Yeah. Yeah. I like to work anywhere from like 25 to 30 hours a week. Um, Generally my Mondays and Fridays are appointment free. And those are for podcast content, course creation, like all the creative things that I need to get done. Emails, um, because I find it 
for me, it's really, really hard to have appointments, even if there's just like three hours of appointments in a day, like today, yeah. three <laughs> hours of appointments. I'm like, I'm not going to get a whole lot done today. I already just know that about myself. I'm introverted. My energy goes down when I have calls. And so it's like, I need those days. Yeah. This is just me to have like the, the time to plan. Otherwise I feel too disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I will have like, Right now, the way that my business is structured, usually like six coaching calls a week, Tuesday through Thursday. And um, like I said, I don't, I do a little bit. It'd be, it'd be very hard for me to get everything done on Monday and Friday, but I don't do like these really big content creation Hmm. sort of um, focus hours, if you will, on the days that I have clients, because it'd be really hard for me to do that. But um, in addition to like the non-negotiables I do, like I'm in a launch now, mm-hmm. but the way that I like to launch is to use as much of my non-negotiables to do that for that purpose. Mm. Like I plan yeah. the content to lead up to that launch, like in a really natural way so that I don't have to do more work. Um, I usually will try to do like a live workshop or two, or maybe like free group coaching, something to get some more people into my list and like into my mm-hmm. world and to see how I work and content and all of that. Um, but otherwise like it's pretty, like, this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, um, set and it's like nine. I usually work like nine to four with a pretty beefy lunch yeah. <laughs> in the middle to take the dog out and everything else. So it's pretty good. I mean, it seems like at this point in your business, you've hit a good, like you're in a good flow. Like you're, everything is kind of your processes are are automated at this point. So are you planning your content in advance? Like, are you, do you batch your content? I do try. Um, I, I was just telling a client recently, I was like, the only thing I struggle with is like um, batching podcasts. Mm. And I think it's because I am a person, as I said, who's introverted. I like to do an outline. I like to make sure I'm covering what I really want to cover. Um, so those are the things that I sort of struggle with doing like, four podcasts in a day. Cause that would be a lot for me. Oh, and but, your podcasts, they're like full of facts. Like it's obvious you research these. I do. I like to research things. Yeah. <laughs> mine, really are like very, research. mine are like opinion based, but yours are. So yeah, sorry. I interrupted you there. No, no, no. That was, it's, it's all like, depending on how you want to show up on your podcast and what you want that content to be. Um, I love because I'm coming from like psychology research mm-hmm. and all of this, I love to give as much research as I can for like why this stuff works and why my framework works. Um, Because I'm just somebody that looks for that evidence from Mm -hmm. people. So I'm like, I'm sure my people look for that too. Um, But with that comes like a, I can't do 10 podcasts in a day, if that makes sense right now, maybe someday I can do like a lot in a day, but yeah, I do love to plan ahead. I love (laughs) to do my, you know, this, like I, I moved this summer, as you're saying to the mountains and I knew I didn't really want to have to like actively show up and work in my business during the move. And it was a two week, really like a three week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I planned podcast, I planned my Instagram, I planned my emails and they were just automated and good to go. And it's funny. Cause like when I got back, I was like, Oh, now I'm going to do this again. And now I, I'll just be really honest. Cause I'm in the middle of like creating this group program and launching it and everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm doing maybe a couple weeks in advance Mm. once that's launched and everything's sort of where it needs to be, 
I plan on doing like a month or two in advance. Cause I love that. I love just being like, should something happen? I'm still yeah. marketing my business that I don't have to be worried about it. It is so nice. So me watching you do that for your move, like it's through the business group and then how your content came out. I mean, and you never miss a beat. Like, and you were in your stories, like I'm in Texas. I'm in, yeah. And I'm like, what, this is amazing. It, it, it was like such a seamless transition. So then you inspired me when I took like the 10 days off recently. And I just like scheduled everything. I recorded it, you know, and I, gave myself a break and I recorded some shorter episodes of the podcast and it felt so good to be like visiting with family and not have to check in or work unless I wanted to. Like I still responded to some emails and like, you know, was still active on Instagram, but that was only because I chose to like my content was scheduled on its own. So it was done and it just, I I guess I have been resistant to batching because I feel like, oh, you know, you do need a chunk of time in order to sit down and like edit and record to batch your content. Like you need time. Um, Yeah. But it's so worth it if you can carve out like a couple hours and then your month is done, you know, or, or the next couple of weeks or however you're doing it. So I think for anyone out there, who's considered it, just try it. And even if you have um, a product-based business, like this is something I have a lot of my clients do is like figure out how they can batch their product creation too. Because that, that streamlining of your activities also helps you with your creativity because then you can get into the flow state and like really dive into like, I cannot, like you said, if I have meetings, it's really hard for me to switch gears to then get into that creative state So I like, like I'm recording podcasts now and then like Saturday is like a creative, like um, I'll create the graphics and I will like write some blog posts. And so I'm just even separating it out that way. I feel like gives your brain a break too. Totally. Yeah. And that's, I think it can lessen your anxiety because you're not, you're like, I am good for the next couple of weeks and I don't have to be worried about this. Like I know that it's coming out and we're good to go. And there's just something about that for me that makes me feel less anxious. It's like, I have a plan, it's coming and I'm not behind and I'm not like, I got to get things posted at the last minute. So for me, it does really help with the the anxiety, I think, portion of that too. Absolutely. And I feel like even on a day-to-day, like if you wake up and you're not feeling creative or you're just not, you know, like in the mood, there can be, it can be anxiety inducing to think like, oh, I've got to come up with something inspirational to say on Instagram, you know, whereas if it's done and you did it in a, at a day and a time when you were like feeling that creativity and inspiration, like, great. Thank you. Thank you, me, for creating this when I was in a better headspace. <laughs> so good. I also, you said something really important there, which is, um, like when you're in a creative headspace, there's a reason that I do most of my content creation on Monday mornings. And it's because I'm like, that's when I'm most creative. Most people will know usually like when they feel creative, some people it's at night, some people it's in the afternoons, a lot of people it's in the morning. Like I need it in the morning to like, get it, get it out of my head. I usually feel really good. I have high energy. And then yeah, you got to know your thing. 
Yeah. You have to know yourself and your own rhythms and like what works for you. So don't schedule like Erica yesterday was saying, she just, she like after four o'clock, she's done. Like she won't go to workshop. She doesn't take client calls because she's done. Um, And for me, that just depends, but I really like, I like my mornings, early mornings to myself. And then um, like tonight I have a later workshop, but that's only once in a while. So, you know, I can do it every now and then, but not regularly. Yeah. It totally depends for me too. And in fact, like, I think I'm the best in the morning, but you have to, you have to realize like when you need your best and when you don't, and that can be a really, really hard thing to, to recognize, but like, do I want to run a workshop at 9am when I'm at my absolute best, knowing I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. and knowing that like the rest of the day, I'm going to be tired. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's very dependent on like, maybe you want to do that at like one, because I'm still good. Right. It's not like I'm a terrible person in the workshop at one, but then, you know, I'm drained at a time I normally would be drained versus like, I just took all my energy in this workshop and it's over today. Yeah. I think that's a great point to look at your day, to plan your day around like your own rhythms and then figuring out if you decide, okay, I'm going to, you know, do something like push it a little bit. And then giving yourself the rest of the day off or eat easier activities the rest of the day. Um, Just really figuring that out for yourself. And that's where so much of this like marketing and consistency and identifying like anxiety and how that plays a role. It just all, it's all personal and there's no real like template or program. Yeah. And I recommend like if, if you're really struggling, at least with the anxiety part, like talk to someone, like, you know, there's so much available out there too, um, to help you with that. But it really is that combination of like the personal and the habit and like all of these things that sort of combine into strategy. That's so much bigger than just like the how to of a task or a strategy. There's so much that goes into that. Yes. I think a hundred percent. And there are, I mean, there's life coaches and therapists and, you know, any help that, you know, I, for sure, I, I agree with you. I just, um, had my first therapist appointment this week. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, great. I love therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so let me, um, let the people know how they can, where they can find you, how, what you're launching right now. Tell us all the things. Sure. So I think if, I'm assuming if you're listening to a podcast, you love podcasts and I have my own, it's the consistent coach podcast. So it's a really fun one. As Miranda was saying, like I usually do research, not always depends. They're very Um, interesting. I've done one on like the neuroscience of consistency and like how to sort of use that to make your marketing easier. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that, you can find me on pretty much any platform at the consistent coach podcast. Um, you can also follow me over on Instagram at Stacy Mitchell. I'm really active there. Um, you can see lots of dog photos in my stories, <laughs> lots of walking and mountain photos in my stories. And depending on when this episode comes out, I am launching the coaching cocoon, which is my six month. It's a very high touch group coaching program to create your signature program, your own signature program, and then how to market it in a way that feels really good for you. And that's easy for you to stay consistent with when you can find that. StacyMitchell.com slash cocoon. Yes. And when did the um, doors close for that launch? Yeah, that closes September 28th at this point, which I might shift those dates, but (laughs) that's what I'm thinking it will be right now. This should be out. 
I think before then. Yeah. I think it'll be out the 21st. So um, yeah. Thank you. People time to check it out. Yes, they will. They'll have time and we'll include all of the links. um, So you can check out Stacy in the show notes. Thank you, Stacy, for being here and for opening up and really talking about um, your journey with anxiety and running your own business. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was so much fun. You know, I'd love to come back again. I love doing this. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have plenty more together. <laughs> I, I have so much I can talk about. <laughs> Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a marketing or journal prompt episode. And please leave a review so more people can find us. Are we friends on Instagram yet? Head over to at Marketing Uninhibited to say hi and let me know what parts of marketing you're struggling with. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with a customized four-week marketing action plan, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call today. And remember, marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. (laughs) 